Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is a headline from Insider. We're breaking a rule, but it's fine. Mary Fitzgerald, colon, I actually hate reality TV and watching people Wait. fight, but life after oh. selling Sunset has meant I don't touch homes worth, <laughs> worth less than $2 million anymore. I... Imagine you invite her over to your house and she's like, sorry, I don't touch homes worth more less than $2 million anymore. I can't believe we broke we broke the rule. I didn't even think of the rule. I forgot the, the rule. rule. We broke the rule. In the breaking news section. We broke the rule well, because to be there's... Well, fair, it's breaking. It it's is giving breaking. breaking. And it's breaking the rules. It's breaking the rules on businessinsider.com. Business Insider has this new feature. All of them that I've seen are written by um, a journalist named Ebony Boykin-Patterson. And she does these as-told-tos with... I'm looking through all the other people that this person has done, and it's like, I became a stylist for Netflix's Next in Fashion. I coordinated sex scenes for Blonde. I'm a writer's assistant on Green Lantern. I'm a hold on to your butts. I'm a personal assistant to Mary Fitzgerald from Selling Sunset. Wait, hold up. Go back. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Mary Fitzgerald is, I think, the most actual famous person that this person has done as told to's about. But the idea that this person, uh, the writer, profiled or uh, as told to uh, both Mary and Mary's assistant is pretty funny. It's extremely funny. And the assistant and the assistant says that she just watched Selling Sunset and was a fan and then emailed Mary Fitzgerald and was like, can I be your assistant? And it worked. I mean, to be fair. I love this like... feature. Is this a good opening? Maybe it's bad. I mean, it was either this or like a clip from Lyle Al Crocodile.
Okay, Cruz Beckham is a singer now, yes. and he's working with Rita Ora's writer, and he's completely reframed his brand on Instagram to basically only show him doing music-related stuff. The Which Beckham is this again? The other child. The other no. boy. The other son. But there's more than him. Because there's Brooklyn, there's Cruz, and then there's that other one, Romeo. Yeah, okay, so how? where's Romeo? Cruz is the uh, second youngest. Is he the biddle? In a family tree. I think Romeo is the baby. Yeah, because they have four. So Victoria has, like, abandoned Brooklyn, all hope of Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn's lost to the Pelts empire. And now we have Cruz. And so we're like, okay, Cruz is the new Brooklyn. And instead of photography, he's going to sing songs. Cruz is the second youngest child, but he's the youngest boy. So it goes Brooklyn, Romeo, Cruz, and then Harper. I always forget about Harper. Sorry, Harper. Harper, Although, there's a girl. But I think... I actually think it's good for Harper's sake that we forget about Harper. Like, be as normal as possible, Harper. Please try your best. Okay. Well, best of luck to you. But <laughs> it's back not going to gonna Cruise. happen. They have an exclusive in the mirror that Cruz is working with none other than Rita Ora's writer, which is really funny. If this is the if that's the highest praise, if that's the highest like credit on this man's I'm songwriter's IMDb, like I'm not sure that I'd be working with him. You know. But he did work on this is Coda Christopher Erickson. He did work on Bang. Your fave. I love that album. The Bang EP. If if you had to work on any of the Rita Ora projects, you would say that would be the one you would work with. Well, it's more forward thinking. <laughs> but I, okay. I I do love Phoenix. But I mean, if he worked on Phoenix, okay. I'd also be kind of gagged. But he worked on Bang, which is cool. The the Beckham son, the second from the top Beckham son, is has rebranded his Instagram to be, I'm a musician. I love music. Like, let me sing. But have we ever heard him perform? No. It'll be like, let's jam. It'll be like, cars and guitars. It'll be like, that was fun. And we wrote in the doc, have we heard any of this music? And I Timmy responded, none has been released. <laughs> so no, we haven't heard any of it. That's funny. I'd love some proof. So we have no proof. He is learning from his brother's mistakes. So instead of... He's actually yeah, seems to be said, creating I'm a, a foundation. But never showed me a photo. Yes. I'd be like, okay. Yes. You're so right. So I think that Cruz is actually starting to lay a foundation before he releases like bad. Like he doesn't want to release bad music first. I think he's going to actually like try to make sure the first single. Oh, you're saying this is, is, is good. you're giving this to his credit. I think yes. he's gaslighting oh, yeah. us into thinking he's like somehow oh, secretly no. good. No, I'm I'm saying this is his credit. But I think that your explanation is as good as mine. Maybe better. No, I think yours is positive and mine's rude. So, like, yes, maybe he's, like, preparing an incredible iconic EP. I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. We talked about him when he was on the cover of ID Magazine, like, shirtless, sort of mimicking his father's famous magazine covers. Um, and in that piece, ID, um, the Vice magazine, which was earlier this year, it was February 2022, he talks about liking music and photography. So it was sort of like, in the past few months, he's narrowed it down to one. Then David and Victoria said, you can't pick photography. We've been too far on that one. No more. Try music. I mean, there's a way of looking modeling? at this where you're Have they all heard like, of modeling? Like, no, they're that's already doing job. it. They're all oh, doing okay. it. They oh, do it sort well. of like, Victoria's like, that's a side career. That's a side hustle. You need your main hustle. So like, pick a, pick a hobby. Okay, sure. Uh-huh. They seem like supportive parents. You know what? They that's do. That's fine. They do. That's they fine. Do. 
Hi British Vogue, I'm Nicola Pelt and this is what's in my bag. This is my script. I'm working on a new show for Hulu I'm really excited about. It's called Immigrant and I play Dorothy Stratton. I'm a bit of a germ freak, so I always have extra masks in my bag, but I always keep them like in a Ziploc bag. I just don't like when they're like floating around and touching things. <laughs> this is a makeup bag my mom gave me when I was probably 10 or 12 years old that I've always kept. Okay, these are sweet drops. I don't know if you guys know about them, but I'm about to change your life because I do not go anywhere without them. This is a chocolate flavor that I put in my coffee, but there's vanilla that you can put in tea. Brooklyn thinks he introduced these to me, but he didn't. My mom did. Trust me, you should try it. You know who is a supportive parent? Shay Mitchell. Oh my God. I knew, you were gonna, I knew you were gonna say that. Shay Mitchell Dove has, does have bisexual. kids, right? I know, that's why I said that. Yeah. I meant that. Okay, good. Every, I didn't like, I wasn't really a part of the Shay Mitchell discourse online, but apparently mm -hmm. everybody has thought she's gay for a while or some, or queer. Mm -hmm. But it's just funny to me, like I never was like, that's not part of my window in. I'm not like, I haven't been wondering this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But imagine it, it's what it's like to be her where everybody's just like asking her if she's gay all the time, you know? Or queer. And she said, I'm bisexual, but she didn't say I'm bisexual. She, f she fell on a green velvet couch in a TikTok that said, if you identify as bisexual, do you own a green velvet couch? And then there was a duet of her falling onto the green velvet couch that she owned. Okay, serious question. If you identify as bisexual, do you own a green velvet couch? Just checking. Which leads to some really good headline language. Is that language. a thing? <laughs> TikTok is crazy. Because Madonna also did a similar TikTok where it was like, throw underwear if you're gay. Is that a thing? And it was Are like, we losing it? <laughs> What's you, going on? <laughs> if you miss, you're gay is what it was. And she threw oh. underwear into the trash can and it missed. And that led to headlines, Madonna seemingly comes out as gay in the same way that Shay Mitchell falling on the green couch led to headlines like, Shay Mitchell Shay seemingly Mitchell comes, seemingly out, as comes bisexual. out as bisexual. <laughs> The new seemingly. way to seemingly come out as bisexual is to say your favorite drink is what Emma Darcy said their favorite drink is, which is a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it. Are you familiar with this? Uh, what's your drink of choice? A Negroni. I was going to say the same thing. Spagliato. With Prosecco in it. Oh, stunning. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So my entire timeline are these two girlies from who I literally have never seen or heard of in my life that are oh, apparently you only on watched, House of Dragons. You only watched one episode of House of Dragons. Yeah, they're on they House show of up, Dragons, right? Yeah. And they're, mm -hmm. it's a clip of them like being hot. It's really good. Okay. I gotta say, I agree. It's good. That, yeah, that's Emma Darcy. There's there something amazing. there. There's yeah. something there. Yeah. So Shay Mitchell seemingly came out as bisexual, and we're happy for her. As Timmy pointed out, she's what iconically played yeah. three queer characters in the past. So I think Shout this is Shout out to Timmy why... for knowing that she's played Emily Fields from Pretty Little Lies, <laughs> Stella Cole from Dollface, and Peach Salinger from You, all queer characters. Yeah. Um, so you play a lesbian on the show. Yes, I do. So what's that like? It's great. It's yeah. amazing. I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of awesome co-stars I get to work with. Emily is quite the player on the show, so that's always fun. Um, but no, it's great. I mean, I don't, I don't really think about it too much. You know, when everyone's like, how does it feel to kiss another girl? I'm like, it feels normal. It's fine. It yeah. The same? Yeah. You know, sometimes I'd rather kiss another girl than I would some random guy I don't know. You know? Yeah, yeah totally. They smell pretty. They have like... Cute, cute lip balm on. Tippy also found this Refinery29 story. No, sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. ET Canada story from 2016 that says, Shay Mitchell talks career and love life. Quote, I'm never going to label myself. <laughs> and she kind of didn't. She just fell on a couch. <laughs> 
I know. She said, when I started, people were like, what are you? I'm like, right now I'm dating a guy. I don't know what it's going to be like in three years. You love who you love, she said. Black, white, polka dot. That's what my dad has always said. I could be 50 and dating a woman, and then what? I said I was straight, and now I'm not. Okay, well, now you're falling on a green couch. So <laughs> in a way, you are saying nothing, but you're also saying something. TikTok is actually <laughs> making what... people go insane. <laughs> <laughs> Says someone who just created Who Weekly's first good TikTok like an hour ago. I know. Well, you should have seen what was on there before, Bobby. In the drafts is like a hellscape of your <laughs> of your experimentation. <laughs> My experimental films, yeah. Yours is actually very good. Follow us on TikTok, Who Weekly. <laughs> yeah, we're trying. We're, we're trying. trying. It's well, Lindsay, hard. Use our, use our sound or whatever. Lindsay had a great concept. People, maybe people will use the sounds and that's like fun, you know? Like, use the sound. There's nothing, whatever. There's nothing more whatever we are <sighs> than being like, hey, use our sounds on TikTok. I know. Please use our... I'm going to street team just for our sounds. It's a really good sound. Use our sound. All right. Um, speaking of sounds... Are we done with Shay Mitchell? Okay. Yeah, but speaking of sounds, how do you say Skylar's last name? Is it Gizondo or Gisondo? Gisondo? No, Gisondo. Like that? Alrighty, Santa Clarita Diet is back, mm -hmm. dishing up a heaping plate of comedy with a little twist. Drew Barrymore, Timothy Oliphant, Liv Hewson, and Skylar Gisondo. Skylar, Skylar Gisondo is suing. He is who on is that? set. Who Harris, is that? He's the guy who was like dorky nerd in um, Vacation. Oh my God, Vacation and the Night at the Museum. I mean, in Licorice Pizza. And now he's in Licorice what? Pizza, but like as like a cooler. He's not like a nerd the way he was as a child actor. So now that he's an adult actor, he's like playing less nerdy. He was like a nerdy kid in Santa Clarita Diet. Remember the show you liked? I did Remember not the show like you that liked? show. I you didn't like it? that show. You watched no, it? I didn't. Oh, no, I, I didn't. It. I watched oh, it and liked it. Oops. Then why are you projecting that on me? I did not watch it and I did not like it. That's so rude. I watched it and liked it. He is in a show that I watched like five episodes of, which is The Resort, which is out right now. Mm -hmm. That's on. What's his deal? Like, I don't he know. He is suing the person who did hair and makeup for this movie that he, for, during Lic Licorice Pizza, which he has like a pretty significant-ish role in. And he says, according to a lawsuit that TMZ obtained the documents from, he was being done. Like his makeup was being done. And then yeah. this woman, whose name is Lori Guidros, gave him a massage and it caused, according to him, severe neck in injuries. And he's like, she's unlicensed. She shouldn't have done it. And now he needs a lot of hospitalization. He needs a lot of medical work. And then he says he's lost wages. There's also something that's not explained, and TMZ is very sus about it. It says that he's also suing for property damage. And then it says, quote, but doesn't what? offer any detail on what that means. How badly did she fuck up his neck? He says extremely badly. At TMZ is sort of like eyebrow raisy because it's like he's been working ever since. So like if you look at his IMDb, there's still a lot of stuff on it. But he says that he's lost work because of the neck injury. This is the most I've heard of Skylar Gisondo since vacation. Since Santa I wouldn't Clarita say it's died. a great look either. Oh, he's in Book Smart too. Yeah, he's always playing like a, dorky a kid in kid. school or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like and now he's like, no, I'm serious. Like a kid. I'm serious as a heart attack, and my neck is fucked up because of this makeup artist. I mean, I, I feel for him. I feel like a, like really fucking up your neck is a bad vibe, and he's not even that old, you know? This is why I'm scared of chiropractors. But they are but they are trained, you know? No, this was just a hairstylist, like, touching his neck. I know, but the hairstylist is pointing out how sensitive the spine is. You know, like, if you aren't good, if you're not a good chiropractor, you could fuck some stuff up. Like Skylar Gisondo. What's up, guys? Just at this super exclusive Coachella pool party. Um, 
it's it's pretty exclusive. So uh, they they actually didn't let anyone in other than me. Um, so on, on on second thought, it on second thought, it's probably just me hanging out by myself more than anything else. But um, still out here, still out here. So uh, everybody have a sweet chella, and uh, I, sh I sh probably I'll call some friends. Moving on. Oh, I don't want to do this, but we have to do this. Just read it. Oh no, they didn't headline. October fifth, twenty twenty two. Young Gravy follows former Try Guy Ned's wife, Ariel Fulmer, on Instagram, comma, she follows him back. That's all you need to say, and then I want to read one more thing. This is from Just Jared. Maybe Junior. No, I think regular Jared. Saturday, October 8th at 4.14 p.m. Addison Ray's mom, Sherry Easterling, is no longer dating Young Gravy. Source talks about their split. <laughs> Quote, it was very short-lived and they wanted to get people talking, a source close to Sherry told E! News. Sherry definitely was interested in him and loved the attention, but they both knew it wasn't going to be anything serious. Okay, well, at least we're being serious. No. Be serious. It's such a good statement because it's so honest. They're not gassing anyone up. It's very clear that this is just like, they're saying it's a PR stunt without saying it's a PR stunt, you know? Mm -hmm. There really don't mm -hmm. seem to be any lies in that. And mm -hmm. I'm sure... Based on what we know about Young Gravy, I'm sure he thought that she was hot, and I'm sure she thought that he was hot and liked the attention, and then they were like, this is stupid of us, we have to stop. And that's what the statement So says. now he's jokingly going after another, uh, you know, jilted N lover. Newly estranged single older woman. Yeah, yeah, for the headline, which he already got, so that's great. And SNL did a Try Guy sketch, which sent everyone off a cliff. Well, what was so funny about that, when, when Timmy sent us the sketch and was like, oh my god, SNL did a Try Guy sketch... I was very, like, grown, whatever, even though they got the costumes correct and the casting correct. Great key. That's a great key. That key, that's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. They got the shirt correct, too, because Zach's mm -hmm. shirt is now sold out on Urban Outfitters, probably because of Halloween costumes. That's my guess. Anyway. Oh, God. The sketch itself, which, again, was in the episode hosted by Brendan Gleeson, is extremely funny. And that... I laughed. Was, I laughed a lot. And Brendan Gleeson is like... So good at it. He's when so he says good food babies, very funny. <laughs> well, you have to remember the power dynamics, Laura. He's a try guy and she's a food baby. Um, but mm. the important thing to come out of this is that someone who is familiar with the try guys and their podcast, Tripod, tweeted no. this. Keith's wife. Wait, that's Keith's wife? Apparently. I never put it together that that was Keith's wife. Keith's Anyone wife. Rem Keith's wife, Becky ha Habersberger. Oh, my God. <laughs> Becky Habersberger. It just keeps going. Tweeted, anyone remember... <laughs> the name keeps going. Anyone remember the Tripod episode where he talks about his Yale friend who writes for SNL asking for a friend? And then people put it together that, yes, there is evidence that Ned's friend from Yale is currently an SNL writer. So the conspiracy just keeps on going. Like, this is what the internet does. You know, like, you laugh or you don't laugh. If you go to the comments of the YouTube video of the Try Guys skit on SNL, people are so mad. Because they're I, like, you're making light of something serious. God, I'm so stupid. I didn't realize that was Keith's wife who tweeted that. I thought it was just well, a random tripod listener. No. But no. what does that mean? Like, I'm adjusting my tinfoil They're hat. They're saying like... that it's like downplaying how bad it is because the person who's in the writer's room is uh, is Keith's friend. Not Keith's friend. Sorry, Ned's friend. Ned's friend. Yeah, Ned went to Yale. 
they're saying Ned's ally in the SNL writers room is make is doing a skit that downplays the severity of the of the problem. See, that's a completely different interpretation than what I had when I thought it was just a random person. I thought I thought what we were supposed to be gagged by was that the Ned the the try guys had an person on the inside to keep the story going for longer. I didn't realize oh my, that it you're was, even more I'm even more than... conspiratorial. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's literally simple. It's like, remember, because you know that the skit itself makes the joke of the skit is that it's not even a thing, and they're taking it too seriously. Yes. And yes. So all the all the comments are like, no, like it's the it's they're you know they're it, they're giving all the the answer the valid all the other parts of the story. God, I really took that and turned it into something it wasn't, or didn't mm-hmm. I? Or didn't mm-hmm. I? Okay. Let's move on. And just FYI, we are still going to be releasing some previously filmed branded videos. So yeah, you might see Ned in Sweet Green Presents, the Try Guys Try Salad with bugs on top. (laughs) And it will still be amazeballs. But it will also be sad balls. <laughs> Wary Spice, Spice Girl Mel B's scam nightmare as cryptocurrency fraudsters posing as her target celeb pals on WhatsApp. <laughs> I'm really happy that the inadvertently the son invented a Spice Girl that is me because I'm I was never scary baby uh, ginger posh or baby. I'm was always Wary Spice. Wary Spice. <laughs> They were missing that kind of sixth Spice Girl who was kind of, you know, overly concerned, wary of various issues. Wary and scary. Now that that Spice Girl is Mel B because she's going through it. Apparently, she had one of those phishing things happen to her and it sent out to her entire address book like, join (laughs) me on, uh, join me on like crypto, whatever. Wait, here she said, wait, she said. Mel's contacts were also promised a chance to buy Bitcoin at a low rate in return. Um, the messages, which were sent using a charitable, using charitable Mel's name, asked for donations to a project to help African children dying of thirst. Oh man, she really freaked when her when she got fished. A source told Sunday People, quote, Mel knew nothing of it and called in police straight away. The messages were written as if from her using kisses and emojis, so they were believable. <laughs> The scammer like studied her, you know, her her technique. Although I'm I'm sure they didn't have to study that hard. Yeah. Well, the son refers to her as charitable Mel, which is kind kind for them, because yeah. she is known for philanthropy. So they're saying because everyone knows that Melby gives a lot of money to charity, they believed her when these WhatsApp messages came in. Well, she also they also believed her because she asked about it was about cryptocurrency, and Mel has done cryptocurrency stuff in the past. She was early on the crypto train. I didn't realize this until this research was put in here. Mel B. You could buy her music with crypto. In 2013, Mel B. released a song for Once in My Life that's not a Stevie Wonder cover, by the way. It's it's its own song. Oh, it's not? It's not. She released this song, and you could pay for it with Bitcoin. I love how new technology makes our lives easier. And to me, that's exciting. Bitcoin unites my fans around the world using one currency. They can just pay using Bitcoins. (laughs) How many Bitcoins did she make off this one? Well, remember the the weird thing about Bitcoin even then and now is that like, it's like, yeah, you can pay for little things with Bitcoin on the internet, but that always equates to like, 
Melby's new single for Once in My Life is available for like 0. 0.003 Bitcoin or something like that. Well, you know, like it's never an I'm understandable number. In 2013, what if you use some Bitcoin to pay for Melby's once and for once in my life, but then like click, cut to like a few years later, that Bitcoin that you that you spent, like you thought you spent like thirteen dollars and ninety nine cents in Bitcoin, but you actually spent thirteen thousand dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> Essentially, in Bitcoin. yes. Like, how would that feel? You know, that would be kind of an iconic feeling, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it would be an iconic feeling. <laughs> okay, you should play a clip of the song. It's fine. <laughs> It's not Stevie Wonder's ones in my life. No, it's not. It's not. She's also in the news because of this Daily Mail headline, exclusive colon, quote, extraordinarily high earner Eddie Murphy agrees to pay ex Mel B $35,000 in monthly child support for 15-year-old daughter Angel two years after the Spice Girl filed for Good. more financial help due to drop in income. Good. Good. Ring him dry. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. Ring him dry and then have the money stolen and given and on WhatsApp and scammers <laughs> ring you dry. I love when... There's a hetero marriage, and then there's a divorce, and then the man has to pay the wife a lot of money. Like, I don't care what the details are. I always love you this. You love it. More, you more, the, more, more, you more. You love gendered. You love a gendered. A, I a love tra- a trad gendered divorce. Trad gender revenge. Yes. <laughs> trad gender wedding revenge. I love it. Trad gender divorce. He was originally paying her $25,000, yeah. and then she said, I'm going to need $10,000 more. And then Eddie Murphy was like, whatever. <laughs> Fine. I love the filing reveals Murphy identified as an extraordinarily high earner. <laughs> In any other scenario, you'd be bragging about that. In the court system, you'd be like, no. <laughs> His daughter, their daughter's name is Angel Iris Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown. I understand yeah, that that's their last this. names, but Murphy Brown is pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, I think we've, I think we've about laughed that. about that before. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, laughing again. What's next? Happy holidays, everyone. Christmas has come early this year, and I come bearing gifts. Please enjoy the trailer for my new movie, Falling for Christmas, coming to Netflix this November. Speaking of extraordinarily high earners, Lindsay Lohan is back. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan is back, and in a clever move, they released the trailer for her movie, Falling for Christmas, a Netflix Christmas movie, on October 3rd, The Mean Girls Date. And the trailer is Oh, wow. I didn't charming. know that. The trailer is okay. charming. You know? I, it is. I mean, I understand why it's called Falling for Christmas now. She uh, falls off a cliff. Oh, Dad! Oh, Dad! Oh, oh, I got you! Oh, oh, oh. Is it a dead body? It's basically overboard meets Gak family. You know, it's overboard meets a traditional made for tv christmas movie because she falls she's a rich girly who is engaged falls off a ski slope gets amnesia falls off a ski slope into a small hallmark town excuse me netflix christmas town and the local hunk single hunk helps her 
become healthy again and she falls in love with Crispus and he doesn't realize he's falling in love with an extremely rich woman. So, well, it's overboard. you know, and I what I love about this is the poster just says Lindsay Lohan. We have it's literally a single it's a Cordover Street is there. He's standing there, but he will not be named. He has never mattered less than he does on the poster for Falling for never. Christmas. And that's saying never a lot. Never mattered less. Not he even sure why he's there. He couldn't use his witchy powers to, like, manifest his name on that poster. That poster is too strong for his witchy powers. Anyways, are you watching this? I mean, yeah. I, I don't... Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I don't okay. expect much from it. But who who tweeted this? Someone tweeted, um, you sent me the tweet, where it was like, she sounds like herself. And I did find that Her nice. Her original accent is back. Like her yes. native accent is back. For so many years, it was a gag to make fun of Lindsay Lohan's changing voice and changing demeanor. And in the trailer for this movie, which, to be fair, doesn't look good, but it looks fine. Like it looks watchable. She sounds like Lindsay Lohan circa 2005, you know? And that's cool. Great. What I truly can't believe about Lindsay Lohan and this entire thing is how Mean Girls is still such a staple in culture for like every generation. You're right. I kind of, I had passively wondered whether Mean Girls would be relevant in oh, younger generations. Relevant? In the oh, we're way- literally celebrating a date no, exactly. that somebody mentions in the movie. But I remember watching it when I was 18 and being like, I wonder if I will feel this, if people younger than me will feel this way about Mean Girls the way that I felt about like, you know, like The Breakfast Club or whatever. Like if it'll still work for me as a teen movie. And it does. It's timeless. Whatever. Cool. It's a good movie. <laughs> It's a good movie. It is a good movie, but I just more mean I wouldn't be – if you showed me that and said, like, what would the impact of this be? I'd be like, I don't know. Like, Lindsay Lohan's career would, like, be better. She's really good in it. It's mm-hmm. funny. But it's like we're still celebrating the guy who played the hot guy in it. We're still celebrating the date. We're still celebrating – I don't know. It's back in theaters for some reason, like, for some sort of stint of time. It's just crazy to me. I'd rather see Mean Girls in theaters than Amsterdam. I'll tell you that. Lindsay's singing. Well, nobody wanted to see Amsterdam. Lindsay is singing Jingle Bell Rock in this trailer for this movie. That's how. That's like the culture has a hold. Wait, I didn't even put that together. I'm so stupid. Yes. She's singing Jingle Bell Rock in the movie trailer. I just thought it was funny that Lindsay Lohan was singing a song in the trailer. I didn't put it together. Oh my god, I'm dumb. This is gonna break. I'm telling you, they. Mean Mean Girls has its hands around our neck and it's throttling us. More people are going to watch Falling for Christmas on Netflix in one week than we'll have watched Blonde by the time it comes out. Easily. And they'll have a better time doing it. More people, Falling for Christmas will get bigger like, Falling for Christmas has been watched 360,000 hours or 360 million hours. It'll get to that number faster than Glass I mean, you know, like, you know, Netflix (laughs) is dying to take Blonde off the front. You know, they're like, get, they're like, they're like, please algorithm this out. You know, we don't need anyone to be seeing this. Please algorithm this out. You know. Okay, we can move on. Sometimes you can't rush things. I just need to find my own way. Rick Ross went on a uh, GQ video, right? Like one of the video formats that is GQ he a does. Them? Maybe he is a who. Uh, no, absolutely not. Okay. Rick Ross, come on. <laughs> I, just... I mean, 
I know he was like big for a very a period of time, but yeah, but I guess he's who we know. You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. You've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of CBD, a little bit of CB distillery, that's getting me goes a long that's way. That's getting me conked right out <laughs> and and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love CB distillery. They have not all their products are for sleep. Some That's are for true. relaxation. But like, I love the sleep ones. They say, shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over two million customers and a solid 100% money back guarantee CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO, W-H-O, for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com code WHO cbdistillery.com who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. <laughs> Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, might? Uh, 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 uh. You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a, this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's, everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. He's not quite Listen, as relevant so as he once was. DJ Khaled, I think, is more than me than Rick Ross. Oh, right yeah, now. for sure. DJ Khaled and Rick Ross Just were on this show together. Just released a high-profile album, yeah. And they were fighting over, on God, uh, the best snack of all time or something. It's a Whatever. funny video. Like, that was the question. And Rick Ross then says this, and I'll play the. I'm still not up on the almond. Oh no no, Ross. Rose still frightened. No no no, get I'm the almond milk. I just got up on two percent milk a couple no, years no, no, ago. No 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 no, get the almond milk. Now y'all trying to conspiracy. No 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 no. The, 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 and it's the question: Is it from the almond of the walnut? Is they squeezing it out of the peanut? I don't have that answer, and I usually have every answer. I don't have that answer, and I usually have every answer. <laughs> I think that's the most like earnest thing DJ Khaled has said in the past like ten years. 
Um, for someone who's like desperate for us to think that he's earnest, you're right. Um, no, so truly. <laughs> this leads us to Rick Ross just released a memoir. Celebrities are releasing memoirs these days. There are so many of them. No, and but this one is kind of great. Like he already a had a memoir. This one is a memoir and a like a business advice book, which I yeah, thought was really it's fun. It's business self-help. Yeah. And he was a New York Times. He's a New York Times bestselling author mm -hmm. because his memoir was on the bestsellers list. Yes. And this book is called The Perfect Day to Boss Up, subtitle, A Hustler's Guide to Building Your Empire. And it just came out, like, last month. And guess what? It's on the New York Times It's already a New York list. Times bestseller again. Yes. Do you want me to read the first chapter? <laughs> so I went on Amazon, and I read in the book, and I was cracking up at how, because uh, it starts with his take on COVID-19 and how COVID entered his life. The chapter is called The Fungus Was Among Us, which I think is... <laughs> Hilarious. And I wanted Bobby to maybe read the first kind of the introduction to the book. It's long, but I think it's worth it. Here also, we go. Like, I makes me want to read the book. Anyway, sorry. It, go ahead. No, okay. it, I had I had the exact same thought. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Miami International Airport, March 15th, 2020. Wow. 530 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I was about to board my flight when the gate agent approached me and asked if I would mind stepping to the side of the line. At first, I didn't think anything of it. I figured she was trying to get herself a quick selfie with Rosé, and who could blame her for that? It's not every day that the biggest boss shows up at your workplace. I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Roberts, but I have to ask, are you and your party planning on staying in Columbia for the next 60 days? The, co the country, by the way. Now, I would love to kick this book off by telling you I was getting on a charter jet to procure 100 kilos from a plug in Cartagena. But that would be a fabrication. I have to be honest. First of all, I was flying commercial that day, as I usually do. This is such a business person's advice. Save money by flying commercial. This is such a rich person's advice. Because it's just so funny because, like, he's in his next era. Like, his music isn't that good anymore. He had his moment. His whole thing is about, like, making and keeping money, right? And now mm -hmm. he's in his era where he's like, okay, well, now, as opposed to making music that's really successful, I'm, like, giving business advice. Mm -hmm. I just, I love the shift. It's great. The PJs are nice for family vacations and romantic getaways, but when you fly as often as I do... The cost of flying private adds up quick. Flights are one of the few times I'm able to get some sleep. So to spend all that extra when I'm just going to be getting my beauty rest always seems like a waste of money. First class treats me just fine. Ends with a flex. Anyway, the real reason I was headed to Columbia was to see my dentist, Dr. Mario Montoya. He was going to hook me up with a beautiful set of Coke White porcelain veneers. Did you say 60 days, I asked? I'm getting my billion-dollar smile and then I'm gone. You know I've got places to be. Oh, okay. Well... If your billion smiles thing is an elective procedure, then we here at American Airlines strongly recommend that you consider postponing your trip. Due to the recent coronavirus outbreak, the United States may be temporarily closing its borders soon. And if that happens, there's a possibility you may not be able to re-enter the country for a while. I was confused. I was watching people scan their boarding passes and get on this flight. Then I realized we were the only black people there. Everyone else looked Latino. This lady knew we weren't Colombians heading home, and I appreciated the racial profiling. She had just saved me from spending the next two months stuck in South America. I told the young woman she had a bright future in the airline industry <laughs> and asked her to help me and my team retrieve our checked this luggage from the plane. This woman profiled him, and he, like, loved it. He was like, thank you. I broke her off with a few dollars for her truthers. No, he gave her, like, a 50. I broke her off with a few dollars for her troubles. I had been hearing things about the coronavirus for a couple of weeks, and a few of my shows had gotten pushed back because of it. Originally, the plan had been to fly from Colombia to Puerto Rico, where I was scheduled to perform at the Afro Nation Puerto Rico Music Festival the following week. But two days before my flight to Colombia, the event got canceled. 
so it goes on from there. And then in a few paragraphs later, he realized that at some point on his travels, he got COVID. Yes. And this is what he wrote. I felt like I'd gotten hit by a truck, but I tried to boss up title, title, title and muscle through it. I still went down to Miami for my show at Club LIV on January 3rd. Oh, no. I remember I had a big blue blazer on that night. I had a joint in one hand and a big Cuban cigar in the other. But I was having so much trouble breathing that I ended up putting the weed out and just held up the cigar and a bottle of Luke Belair for aesthetic purposes. It felt like for every 10 breaths I took, only three of them were decent. Like I had to gasp for air. If I was sick to the point where I couldn't even smoke my joint, I knew I had a problem. This I is will say this tremendous. is one of the most charming <laughs> descriptions of having COVID that I've ever read. <laughs> it's also well written. This is like a, this is good. Yeah, no, I know, I know that I know. Not like I'm surprised, but celebrity memoirs, you know, they don't usually like uh, excel in the writing portion. So I was just impressed when I was reading the intro. I was like, wow, this guy really like is kind of remembering very clearly and interestingly what his experience was. Yeah, and I'm and I'm looking at the memoir cover, and it says New York Times bestselling author. Rick Ross with Neil Martinez Belkin, and sure. I always appreciate. But it's not, celebrities don't always credit their ghostwriters, co-writers, or whatever. And I love when they credit them right on the cover. Sometimes they credit them inside. Yeah, I just like appreciate. But this writer the is giving him some nice. I mean, he's saying, you know, I I would have loved to have tell you that I was chartering a jet to go get a bunch of uh, kilo, and then later he calls the the veneers coke white porcelain. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, we're playing with the kind of image of the aesthetic of Rick Ross that people expect, a.k.a. holding a cigar in one hand and a joint in the other. But like, yeah. no, this guy is actually not like that at all. He's what Shark Tech needs, honestly. Like, <laughs> he, he is, he like, like out with Lori in with Rick Ross, please. <laughs> because I mean, this is the fresh blood the we need on is, that show. The question is, does Rick Ross actually want to invest his hard-earned money on, like, sponges or whatever? That's true. Probably not. That's true. That's true. Probably not. I'm not going to tell him how to live his life. Moving on, speaking of TV, <laughs> guess what's back? I can't believe it. After a 16-year break, the surreal life is coming back to VH1 with a vengeance. Yeah! Only one show brings you historic moments like this. Ah! Now, the first celeb reality social experiment is back. Put some clothes on. And bigger than ever. That's my haunted doll, Susan. Bye, Susan. Eight unfiltered celebs. People just know me as the girl that f- Trump. One room. We can sleep together. I'm sleeping with you. Surrealer than ever. I can't even f- my wife. I had to go play a game that f- night. I burned we all seen Dennis Rodman's dog. This is Real Life premieres Monday, October 24th on VH1. With a vengeance. Didn't we talk about, With maybe we talked about this vengeance. in the Spotify show. The cast of season seven, which is crazy because season six was in 2006. The cast of season seven of This Real Life is as follows. Tamar Braxton, Dennis Rodman, Stormy Daniels, August Alsina, Manny Mua, Kim Coles, CJ Perry, and Frankie Muniz. It's a real. I mean, it's a really good cast, and they have Dennis Rodman front and center it's on the good. poster. It's it's some classic troublemakers. Some other people that have been on reality. You've got a former child star. You've got you know Dennis Rodman. You've got uh, some politics stuff. Stormy Stormy Daniels. You've got somebody who's been in recent drama. August Alsina. Mm-hmm. Manny Mu is younger. Maybe that's a, and in the, like YouTube the YouTube world, audience, somebody yeah. new ish. Uh, I don't know. You have some vintage who's. Kim Coles is a good one. Sports. CJ Perry, who I didn't know, but professional yeah, wrestler. Did. She's the only one I didn't know. There's like a. There's kind of a nice, a nice mix. They're they're positioning they're positioning Dennis Rodman as kind of the lead and the main like you know loose screw, which makes sense. Like yeah. everything is a, kind of centering around him being like kind of a little bit out of his mind. Like I'm weird. I'm weird. Yeah. Well, he is, and he's always been, and I think that's kind of the you know. 
like on the poster, everyone is just sort of like posing in clearly like their publicist approved the photos. They're very just like good photos of everyone. But Dennis Rodman is posing. He's mugging. He's sitting legs spread with donut socks and puffy slippers and he's holding some blue drink. I do feel like people I VH1 is, you know, shooting for the for the moon, whatever, best of luck, but I don't think people are gonna be caring about this as much as they did in two thousand six. I think it's been too long and I think that reality TV is felt and received very differently than this show, what this show was giving. Yeah, I think that they will interpret the show as a success if it like produces enough viral clippable moments like sure. in a season. Oh, like I'm if sure. every the other standards episode, are low. Right. If every other episode has like a four minute clip that they can share on YouTube, that's like extremely funny. I think that they'll be like, this is a success for us. I will say it's just crazy to, you know, I just think it's it's very significant that it, the last episode of the last season was 2006. It's like a totally different time. And the people on that season were Alexis Arquette, Cece DeVille, Steve Harwell, Sherman Hemsley, Maven Huffman, Tommy Colleen, Andrea Lowell and Florence Henderson. I got to say, like four of those people are dead now. Yeah. That's not great. That's a lot of dead people. For various reasons, but that's not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. There's a reason why this show ended, too, you know? And I'm looking at all these people, and I'm like, all these people have very obvious drama. Like, of course, Stormy Daniels is going to be, like, alluding to Trump stuff. Of course, Tamar Braxton's going to be alluding to Braxton family value stuff, like all of the drama within her family. Of course, Frankie Muniz is going to be talking about, like, you know how he's, like, has short-term memory loss and stuff. Like, there's going to be so many interesting side conversations. That, like, all of these people have kind of underexplored baggage that I would love to watch them discuss with no, other I sort of, like, lunatics. The, <laughs> the casting of the surreal life is always kind of the the key. I just wonder if, like, our culture of reality TV will accept this with open arms. Who's also, the villain? how do you even watch VH1, you know? The Who's villain the is Des Rodman. Des Rodman. I was going to say the villain's going to be, like, Manny Mua. Manny oh, Mua okay. is like, everyone's going to hate Manny Mua. Manny Mua. They're going to be like, well, what are you are doing here? Like, who are you? What are you doing here? Like, who are you? And why are you doing here? What are you doing here? Recent Ava heard all of us screaming that they looked alike and they said, we don't see it. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. You have to have a different relationship with your you children. Yeah, y'all are twins. I can't even look at that Oh, you picture. think so? Yeah. It's so Do you funny. see it? <laughs> she and I don't see it that much. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sick of this. I have to say, I'm really sick of this. Reese I mean, they are too. But I'm sick. I'm sick. Reese Witherspoon went on Hoda and Jenna to talk about her new children's book called Busy Betty. I'm not. I'm just not. So in this conversation, Jenna Bush Hager, who I'm surprised that they speak to each other because Read with Jenna and Reese's Book Club are like mortal enemies in my view. And okay, anyway, yeah. they go in on. In the world of celebrity book clubs, they're literally like, it's like Game of Thrones. They're yeah, like, op- they're opposing tribes. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. They're Game I don't of know Thrones. how that works. Okay. And Jenna is... Emily Darcy, and I'm going to say Reese is Olivia Cook. Yeah, Reese is Olivia okay. Cook. Anyway. What's your drink of choice? A Negroni. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Mm, with Prosecco in it. Oh, stunning. Yeah. So Jenna Bush Hager shows photos of Ava and Reese side by side and says, y'all are twins, Jenna Bush Hager said, referencing a photo of Reese and Ava standing side by side. Quote, do you see it? And Reese said, she and I don't see it that much. Exactly. Exactly. She looks like Ryan as the hooligan. Oh my god, once I forgot said. that this is like this. She looks. What if like Reese had said she looks Ryan. like your dad? Reese probably has like some weird clause in their divorce contract where she can never say like the word dad in reference to Ryan Felipe or the words Father. Ryan Felipe. Ryan Felipe. Right. Ryan Felipe, what am I saying? <laughs> We're not talking about this book. We're not. It's We're moving on to Jennifer Tilly's 25 Things. It's good. So Jennifer Tilly is 
an interesting character because she's literally a character. And I will say, like, she is 90s kids know who Jennifer Tilly is. No one else does. <laughs> right. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Mm. Horror but if you Gen Xers are like, we'll fight to the death telling you who, Je- who Jennifer Tilly is. <laughs> yes. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. We talked about Rosie Perez's voice last week. They're very similar voices in that they're like, I, they're the sorts of like extremely unique voices in Hollywood that you... They're not similar in tone or sound. No, they're not at all. They're in, similar in, in kind of meaning and... In cult- their uniqueness. And... I understand both parties have agreed to joint custody. Is that correct? Yes. Yes! No! I'm contesting custody. What? If I get sole custody of the kids, that's another 10 grand in child support payments. You just won $11 million! Hey, I'm the victim here. You said it yourself. Now I'm going to hit him where it hurts. And so I just mean like it's the sorts of voice, the sorts of voices that are iconic without necessarily knowing what the person's name is. I think Rosie Perez is much more famous than Jennifer Tilly. But if you play Jennifer Tilly's voice without a photo, you might say, oh, that's what's her name? That's... That's Vicky and Bride of Chucky. Oh, that's what's her name from Bullets Over Broadway. No one would say that. But, you know, some people might say that. And that's the mom from, that's Jennifer Love Hewitt's mom in the movie House Arrest, which is actually iconic. You know, like, she is iconic for that reason. But what's so funny about her career is that she was sort of like a hot up-and-coming young actor in the era of Bullets Over Broadway when she got an Oscar nomination. But then she sort of like fell into weird minor roles that yeah. ultimately became quite iconic. One of them was in Bride of Chucky, which was kind of stunt casting, you know? Right. And I think that's her most famous role at this point, which is, it is weird. Sure. It is for sure. And she loves and it. And what's part of it is that, you know, she's got this kind of cartoon character, almost Betty Boop voice. Oh, and like, yes. so yeah. she And she's playing a, a murdering doll. But her mm-hmm. imagery also, the way that she holds herself as like a human, she's also kind of goth dolly. You mm-hmm. know, like she also like loves like a dark hair, dark eye, goth look. Mm-hmm. Always has. I followed her on Instagram for a long time. I don't know. She was one of the first celebrities I followed on Instagram. I'm not sure why, because I'm not like a Jennifer Tilly stan. But I found out that she was like a big poker player like 10 years ago. And I was obsessed with the fact that like her Instagram was just like Bride of Chucky content, her and her norm- normie poker. husband slash boyfriend content, and poker. Always playing poker. Always at the World Series of Poker. Loves like her poker look with her sunglasses. And apparently she's quite good at it. So That's I'll- a perfect place for her to, in my, that's a perfect like, realm for her to end up in in a way and this is what i was talking about earlier phil when i said that jennifer does have a lot of strengths in this game uh she one thing is she understands that if you put pressure on somebody uh you know there's two ways to win the pot and she's good at that that was a really tough spot for kurgan factor i would say her most like her role in bound though is kind of the what all oh how did i miss bound too yes bound of course bound her and gina gershon Iconic. Thanks. You seem uncomfortable. Do I make you nervous, Corky? No. Thirsty, maybe. Curious, maybe. That's funny. I'm feeling a little bit curious myself. Queer people, Gen Xers, and horror fans know who Jennifer Tilly is, definitely. Apart from that, she's a who. But she's a who, Mm -hmm. just generally. Mm -hmm. So she did 25 Things You Don't Know About Me. In the headline, they led with the funniest one, which is Jennifer Tilly, colon, 25 Things You Don't Know About Me, parentheses, I can see ghosts. Yeah, I believe that. You th- that's, that's shocking to anyone. 
Come on. She She also is psychic. <laughs> well, I love that 2 and 12 are connected. So it's like, I have a psychic ability. It helps me in poker when I need to when I need my boyfriend to bring me something home and he's not answering the phone. So it's sort of like is she telling a ghost to send that message to the boyfriend? Like, I feel like the ghosts are sort of interconnected here. And then it says, 12, if there's a ghost, I'll see it. In college, I woke up to a man sitting by my bed smiling. He looked like Chucky. That's mm. clever because she's doing promo for the new Chucky spawn. show. Yes. Spawn. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the other ones, I mean, are the other ones interesting? Whatever. Looking at Popsicle Stick gives me the heebie-jeebies. No, I just care about the ghosts. I want 25 things you don't know about the ghosts that I speak to. That's what I want from I Jennifer Jolie. I Jelly. only want every, all these should be about ghosts. Yeah, no, it's not. Okay, here's one thing. I have a game. You know, borderline Demi story. The the cover story of, you know, On Us Weekly this week is Brad and Emily's hot new romance, Radikowski. Boo. They're, Boo. I know. <laughs> it's on. Model actress Ra- Emily Radikowski rebounds with none other than Brad Pitt. I love none other than. It's like, okay. Ugh. Whether or not this is true, which is didn't know. I thought I would play, we'd play a little game of Mad Libs in which Ooh, I'm okay. going to read to you the article, like the you know this this cover story article and i took out specific words and phrases if you mm. can you can see you can literally follow along with me oh i was um, wondering what was going on here okay so they're yeah. in they're in white so don't don't you know put your mouse over them like that oh, reveals clever. it oh it's like oh that's clever and you're gonna have to guess or give me your closest approximation i think you can get most of this should i read it and then just get to the blank or do you want to read, I'll it, read and it and then get to the blank i'll read okay. it and you will fill in the blank when Emily Ratajkowski was photographed talk, taking her son Sylvester one on a walk in, I love that they give the an age one on a walk in <laughs> NYC on July fourteenth, she wasn't wearing her wedding band. One day later, in touch revealed why: colon, the model actress and her husband of four years, Sebastian Bear McLeod, had blank blank amid claims the film producer had been repeatedly blank. Filed for divorce. The answer is quietly separated amid claims the film producer had repeatedly been cheating. Unfaithful. Okay, that's close. That's close. Nearly two months later, as the (laughs) gossip continued to swirl, Emily finally publicly acknowledged their split in a video she posted on social media calling herself, quote, a recently single person who was thinking of dating and stuff. (laughs) She's doing more than just thinking about it. Emily has been dulling the pain of her divorce. She filed in December by blank, 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 Brad Pitt. Starting up with a new man. Yes. Spending time. Spending time oh with a new man. Brad Pitt. Yes. And then here's a quote from a source. She's blank, says a source. Over the moon. Bouncing back. Bouncing back. <laughs> oh, my God. Noting that Emily took the initiative and has now been dating the Oscar winner for sev- for six weeks. She begged blank blank to set them up. Oh, she begged. She begged. She begged. God. Her, um... Her agent. Mutual friend. Mutual friend. friend. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Making the, and making the first move paid off. Brad left their first date completely smitten with Emily. Oh. Next paragraph. I'd be smitten with Emily. Who wouldn't be smitten the with Emily? The attraction was mutual. They immediately hit it off, said the source. They talked about everything from... <sighs> it's blank, blank, blank to blank, blank, blank. Um, current events to the art world. The movie business to parenthood. God damn it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> They've tried to keep well, things artists. blank. They, uh, casual. Private. Private. <laughs> damn it. Ugh. Okay. As they get to know each other better. Emily and Brad have been secretly hooking up in his new $40 million home in Carmel, California, claims the source. She blank back and forth from New York. Um, she uh, 
Oh, that's such a long blank. She blank back and forth from New York. She. How does she get from back and forth? She to New regularly York? flies. Okay, but what is she flying? She regularly jets. What is she jetting? She private she, jets back from New York. Wait, what? She takes, she private, takes private jets, jets back and okay, forth okay, okay, to New York. That's bad advice per Rick Ross. I know. Following his blank to Jennifer Aniston, 53, and Angelina Jolie, 47, Brad wants to avoid prying High profile eyes. relationships, too. <sighs> Failed marriages. Failed marriages. <laughs> God, ugh, duh, obviously. Okay. Emily and Brad have more in common than many might think. They're both devoted parents, both love fashion and have their own brands. Emily launched a swimwear, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he launched some kind of cashmere company. Who cares? And both found fame thanks to blank. You'll, wait, let, read the ne- I have to read you the second part of this, this uh, sentence. And they both found fame thanks to blank. Emily blew up dancing topless in Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines video in 2013, while Brad Brad got his big break playing a sexy cowboy who strips it down in Thelma and Louise, which came out in 1991. What do you think this blank is saying? They both found fame thanks to blank. Uh, something like showing skin. They're good looks. <laughs> oh, come on. But they're both specifically topless in those things. I know, but oh. it's just funny that they're like, they both found fame thanks to their the fact good that looks. they're hot. They're famous people. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Okay, the next paragraph starts, that's blank. But according to the source, their 27-year-old age difference, blank. (laughs) Wait, this one's kind of (laughs) hard. That's blank. But according to the source, their 27-year-old age difference, blank. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. And then it it, it leads into a quote, she thinks he's sexy and Emily is everything Brad looks for in a woman. She has all the positive traits of his exes rolled into one. That's delusional. Okay, that's so weird. Okay. No, that's blank. This this sentence is funny because it's like about the age gap. So the last paragraph says that Thelma and Louise came out in 1991. Us Weekly is doing this iconic thing where they're thinking, okay, 1991. Listen, what happened in 1991, do you think? Oh, God. That's Emily's, that's the year Emily was born. That's the same year Emily was born. <laughs> but according to the source, their 27-year-old, 27-year age difference isn't a problem. Isn't an issue. <laughs> okay, great. This is good. Okay. Okay. But it hasn't been smooth sailing. Everything was going really well until Brad's mom, Jane, got wind of her son's blossoming romance, says the source. She doesn't have anything against Emily, but she's protective of her son and doesn't want him to get his heart broken again after the two very public divorces, especially as Emily has only just started her own divorce proceedings. It's no secret that Brad's mother blank. It's no secret that Brad's mother, is it Mrs. Mrs. Jen loves Jen? Loves Jen. This is funny. Look at all this. That's And that's the game. I like that game. We should do that again. That's good. It's like Mad Libs. Who Libs? Who Libs? It's like Who Libs? This is gagging me. Taylor Page got married. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Wasn't she just with Jesse Williams and then she dumped yes. Jesse Williams and then she was with yes. some guy and then she dumped this guy? Like, what's happening here? She married yeah, someone named Rivington Starchild on I her can't. 32nd birthday. Did I miss something here? No, I didn't miss anything here. This is all very sudden. This surprised basically everyone, except I guess they her were engaged. Friends. Like they got engaged like two weeks ago. Yeah. The point is, Taylor Page, uh, most recently known for Zola. Zola, posted a full carousel chronicling her wedding to this guy, Rivington Starchild, and was addressing the fact that, like, yes, it happened on my birthday. Yes, this came out of nowhere. But like, when you know, you know. And her friends came to the wedding. It's very beautiful. She looks great. He looks great. Amazing. This guy is a fashion designer. His name is, in fact, Rivington Starchild. That's not a pseudonym or anything. 
Um, the wedding happened Rivington on her birthday. star birth. child. Yes, the, the wedding happened on her birthday. And he's been kind of a man about town, like a fashion guy in the New York scene slash LA scene for like a decade now. I'd never heard mm -hmm. of him. His mm -hmm. uh, fashion line is called RRR123. Um, okay. The line itself has a lot of followers, so it seems like fashion heads know all about this thing. But his name comes from this quote that he's given to a lot of people. And then we'll get to the best fact about this person because there's really not all that much out here. He was like, he was trying music, music for a second. Then he like got into fashion and that's where he's been ever since. But this is from an interview in Union, Los Angeles. Um, and this is why we know she made the right choice with this guy. Share some of the latest music you recently added to your music library. What about the music caught your interest? If it's something new, if it's something old, what's a memory that comes to mind from one of the songs? And Rivington said this. I go in and out from paying and not being able to pay these streaming services any money. I haven't committed as far as permanent residency in any of the platforms by adding music to a library. However, I do have one album that I make sure to keep on all devices, and that is Paradise by Lana Del Rey. Since 2012, uh, I've listened what? to this album on every flight upon takeoff. I think it gave me courage to face death. It reminded me that it's just as fine to live as it is to die. I listen to that album from start to finish. Then I go for the films that I'd be embarrassed to suggest watching with anyone else. Keeper. Keeper. He's keeper, a keeper, keeper. Taylor. She keeper, made the right choice. Keeper, keeper. <laughs> he has. There's a kind of iconic photo of them and that they everyone is sharing because there's like not that many photos of them. There's some mm -hmm. at their wedding and their whatever and there's some on Instagram. But she's hugging him and like looking at the camera and you see the back of his head and it's shaved and he has like a mm -hmm. little hat on. And on his head, on his skull is tattooed, keep me in mind. Well, that's, that's how I found out there were old photos that I was looking through Getty for like old photos of him to see like how often he's been like on the New York social scene or whatever or the fashion scene and like I said it's about a year uh 10 years but there are old photos of him that I was like is that him I can't really tell because it's from the side but then in other pictures you see the back of his head and it's like yeah that's right. him because of the tattoo congrats Taylor what was she wearing where was she seen she posted what on Instagram she's the who queen tens of people want to What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? Rita got the big account. It's huge for us. This she was huge got, for us. Uh, I'm the so entire proud of community her. was like shook when the AD tour dropped. The entire community. And all also, everyone was like, Rita Ora's house is cool and, and nice and beautiful. Hello, AD. It's me, Rita. Welcome to my home. Thank you for coming all the way to England, London. Come on in. It's gorgeous. And gorgeous. it looks like she's there two weekends a year. <laughs> you know, like, it's beautiful. But it doesn't it is matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. She lives in a landmarked home that used to be owned by an, a, an illustrator who she definitely, like, looked up after she bought it. I'm kidding. And maybe became obsessed, but also maybe didn't at all. And just is saying it. Well, she loves mentioning him because it's like, oh, he's responsible for these cute little stained glassy things that are still here. It makes her house really easy to find, though, I have to say, because it's like landmarked and all the landmarks. Arthur stuff is, Rackham. Know, public. Okay. Arthur Rackham. 
So Rita did a really nice job, like kind of giving Arthur Rackham's old ass London home a bit of a it, keeping its keeping its you know kind of iconic moments, and then giving it her little like splash of weird color by putting like a photo of Hunter S. Thompson in the living room, mm-hmm. a neon sign from her Phoenix promo tour. You know, like it's so funny what she chooses. There's also a I don't think uh, Arth- I don't think Rackham would have appreciated the toilet in her bedroom. <sighs> That's separated from the bed with like a curtain. There's not even a wall. I love it. She did plenty of renovations, like in terms of like adding How walls. How many dumps has Taika Waititi taken in the, in the bedroom <laughs> toilet? It's so old school. And I love the fact that I have a whole bathroom in the bedroom. Look at this. This is the, the bathroom in the same room. I have a bath and a fireplace. And I like to kind of run baths and have the fire on and I kind of sometimes put my iPad here and I watch like Stranger Things or whatever's popping on the socials nowadays, you know what I'm saying? I'm just all over it. Honestly, I bet not many. Gotcha. I bet not Why? many because it doesn't seem like they're there often. Okay, you know, their well, relationship whatever. has been mostly in the Southern Hemisphere. I understand, but like as far as the fantasy and the real, the fantasy and like the world of this, the narrative of this open tour, open door tour, you have to imagine she lives there <laughs> full time. Yes. And, and she shows off. Um, I thought the house was beautiful. I thought it was funny that, like, it's not even my speculation being, like, she doesn't live here much. When she show the most revealing part is when she shows her closet, which is, like, clearly, like, a converted bedroom because there's an attached bathroom, which I think is actually really clever and cute. Like, it's her dressing area where she gets ready. Mm-hmm. Like, her, she mm-hmm. expanded the closet to include a shower, which is so smart. She can just shower and then well, put also, on her clothes. Well, also, if you have strangers but, in your house to do your hair and makeup, it's nice to have a separate space yes. to go. The closet I thought was revealing because the clothes were incredibly casual. There was nothing, at least in what she showed us, there was nothing glamorous about the clothes that were in this house. So it's very clear that she only goes there when it's like, it's a stopover, it's really low key, whatever. And I thought it was beautiful that she has this incredibly huge garden in the backyard. Like, there's a part where she goes onto her balcony and she's like, I have tea on this table. I like natural fires. I didn't want to put too much, like, electrical stuff in this part because I really felt like the whole point of this sunken bit of garden is to be a garden. Instead, I thought, let's make this a nice little fire chill-out spot where we can make some s'mores or cook some stuff. And we put cushions here sometimes and... That's a cute little bench. If anyone needs to have a first kiss or anything, you know, just give me a call and I'll set it up for you. It's very romantic. Do you look out at London or do you look out at this like beautiful garden that makes it I mean, that's almost as if London isn't there? You know, like that's it looks like London. you're in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I was wondering, somebody asked if you if I thought she was going to like sell the house, like if this was kind of part of that, which, it, you know, it's always the question. And part of me is like, well, she is like married. Maybe she's going to move to L.A. Maybe, you know, they don't they don't yeah. live like near each other at this point. He's like Australia. She in New Zealand. He's yeah. L.A. She's London. They're all really far from each other. And it's like the answer was kind of like I thought no, because it felt so like special to her. But I think mm-hmm. it's just because she did a really good job, like building up the lore of the house and she might sell it. She might. My gut is always with these things that they're about to sell it. But like knowing how much these people travel, it's sort of like it might be too much house for someone who's not there often. She's probably going to sell it. I think she's probably she's still probably going to sell it. What I found most like kind of, I don't know, charming about it. First of all, she's she's a charmer. It's it's very rare that you get that much like Rita talking, no interviewer, you know, for like five minutes, six minutes. So it was it was special to just hear her monologue for that long. (laughs) But her styling was so weird and like atypical for the ad open door series usually they try to sort of seem a little more casual and like oh come on in ad like oh you're at the door rita's like full glam in a dress that is a little hard to walk in her hair is so perfectly coiffed like it's 
it looks like someone had to like touch up her hair every few minutes like between shots because it's so yeah. perfect the entire time and it's like yeah. people don't normally no, she looks look amazing. like this no she well she says she well she's like at her like makeup counter and and she's like just like today like i think she had just yeah. gotten like her makeup and hair done for this the this architectural digest tour yeah but i'm happy for her she literally performed at the rugby like championship or whatever the world women's rugby world cup she did that's huge that's huge that's huge yeah you're right it is it sounds huge it seems i don't huge. know is it huge i don't know i'm like saying it as if it's huge it's it's huge world it's world's huge. in the title this that is like the huge. super bowl but for women's rugby <laughs> well first of all i just want to say how amazing it is to be here in auckland kia ora to everybody watching i'm very excited to be able to come here and perform for such an important cause i mean it's not just going to be an amazing event of um, incredible women rugby players it's also going to be a historical event because i believe we are um kind of expecting over 30,000 people and that's a mm. big deal especially for a, a women's sports championship so it's gonna be a huge event mm -hmm. are you a rugby fan and more specifically are you a black ferns fan <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i'm from london i do know a bit more about football than i do about rugby but <laughs> i understand the sort of like simple rules of rugby so that's that's great you know who the rugby match was between women's rugby was between new zealand and australia so she's like getting into oh, local culture she's getting into wow. her, like her new husband's culture wow. by performing at this rugby that's match that's cute they probably said rita's our new queen she's the new like prime minister's wife or whatever so <laughs> let's get her to do this no, no. Seriously, um, she's in New Zealand performing at this. I think while she was in New Zealand on her like honeymoon to like m see the place, they were like, "Do you think you could like perform at a rugby championship?" And she's like, "Um, if you pay me, sure." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it here, sure. Seriously, I think it was like, you know, that's how it happened. I have a before we end this, I have a quiz for you. So, uh -oh. this got it's it's a it's a one question quiz, but is it a, it is a pop quiz that we haven't discussed. Oh. I so know. when you were talking about the, the rugby event and like, oh, I wonder what she sang. I was like, oh, I've never looked at Rita Ora's set lists on setlist.fm, which is just a kind of like, it's like Wikipedia for band set lists. So I went to Rita Ora's setlist.fm profile page and I was looking at all of her most recent shows. It doesn't include mm -hmm. this one, but I was like, mm -hmm. I wonder what she ends with. Like, what's her final song? And the final song sur both surprised me and makes kind of perfect sense. But I looked at her most recent, like, big shows, and they all end with the same Rita Ora single. Can you guess what that is? The, wait, the biggest Rita Ora single, like, to date? It's, it's not the biggest Rita Ora single to it, date. That would be I Will Never Let You Down, no? But it's sort of, yeah. In terms of chart, she always ends with the same song. And it's like a bop. It is a bop. And it's in her, it's on Phoenix. That's your is hint. It all is it anywhere? It's anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what that's she her, opened with. That's her um, closing song. At the rugby match. That's what she. She must really like that song. Yeah, that that's must what be I was her thinking. most like quote unquote successful song that she likes from her like modern era of like being a pop. Like that must be you know kind of the what she wants to be the song that that she play. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also think it's funny because that song it's has it's not like, a duet it's the not the chorus a feature, is gibberish but not, the chorus is literal yeah. gibberish <laughs> like there right. aren't words sure 
It's just mouth noises. It's not a song written by an ex-boyfriend. It's not a song off some sort of remix album. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of authentically her. We're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Rita theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes, occasional commentaries, occasional newsletters, a Discord server, and more. You can also get the VIP audio in your Apple Podcasts app. You can subscribe right there. Makes it very, very easy to get the audio. Um... What else was I going to say? Rate reviews on Apple Podcasts, by the way. We love your ratings and reviewings. And every time I say this at the end of the show, people add new ratings and reviewings, and I love seeing them. They're always great. Mm. So keep doing it. Love it. And we'll see you on Friday. Keep calling in at 619 them to leave questions, comments, and concerns for our Friday show. Bye. Bye.